I, I live in a country in East Asia with three million people. Um, many of those are nomadic herdsmen who still live in a vast wilderness where the gospel has never been able to penetrate. And they live in a structure called a gare. It's a large round felt tent that they can pick up and move. Many of these families move, you know, up to 11 times in a year and just pack everything up and, and put it on a camel and we'll move across the country. It is a passion of mine to be able to take the gospel to those who've never had the opportunity to hear the name of Christ. How we do that is we, through national believers, we're able to meet physical needs and in ways that shows the love of Christ. Whether it's by replacing a gear that's been burned down, um, giving coal in the wintertime whenever it's negative 40 degrees outside um, and they have nothing to heat their home. Whether it's giving hay to herdsmen to be able to keep their livestock alive. Um, these things are just a small part of what we do to show the love of Christ in a way to open up the door to be able to share the gospel. Meeting their physical needs can open up doors um, to these families and through that we're able to share creation to Christ and then move that into them being able to hear discipleship lessons and and finally with the end goal of, of seeing churches in some of these areas that have never never been able to experience the gospel. Through this, we've been able to see um, herdsmen come to know Christ, to accept Him. We're able to see them being baptized in a vast wilderness. It's because of your giving through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we're able to go to these places. We're able to, to share the gospel with these people who've never had a chance to hear. Oh, isn't that wonderful? What an amazing way to begin our time together in worship today. You know, there's, when you see people who, who have need, it's hard not to go directly to, and it's hard not to think just about the thirsty need water, the cold need a cold coat, the hungry need food. Um, it's, it's, hard not, it's hard to think about, well, let's meet those needs and now we've done our job. It, as much as people need those things, their greatest need is to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, this time of year, we're focusing on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Every penny that you give toward the Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes toward helping these missionaries across the world who are taking the gospel to people who, who are in great need, both spiritually and physically. So, we pray that as they go and share a cup of water, that they share the gospel. As they go and give coats and clothes to those in need, that they share the gospel. As they go and give food to the hungry, 
that they share the gospel. Here, I want to read today um, this segment from our week for praying for international missions. This uh, today ends the emphasis. It's uh, called uh, Sidewalk Chapel. Masood Hassan was a broken man when he showed up at Mark Bennett's Sidewalk Ch- Chapel for the homeless in Tokyo, Japan. It was a typical story. They come for food, said Mark, an IMB missionary. But while they're there, we give them a portion of Scripture and share the Gospel. And Mark learns their names. A big deal when you feel nameless and faceless, not seen by anyone. It got Masuda son's attention. It brought him out of the shadows and he just couldn't get enough. He couldn't get enough Scripture either. He blazed through the Gospel of John and came back and asked for more. Then he asked for more again. Within six months, he had read the whole Bible. He has this little worn out New Testament and it has notes and highlights, Mark said. We'll be sitting around in Bible study and someone will ask a question and he'll start teaching them from Scripture. He knows the Word and the Holy Spirit is using him to teach these other guys. So, let's pray for the Gospel to take root as Mark and his teammates work to meet the needs of dozens of homeless men on the streets of Tokyo. And pray for the men to find their significance in Jesus Christ. You pray, please, about our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our goal this year is $35,000. And here are the uh, envelopes, the giving envelopes. You can find these interspersed throughout throughout the room and in other places. You be praying about what... God would have you give. Look, don't just feel poorly about those in need. Don't just let this be an emotional thing. And then where you reach in your wallet and what you have, you put in here. Don't give your leftovers to God. Pray about what God would have you give. And then be obedient. God takes those gifts and He multiplies them. And lives are changed throughout the world. Please be in prayer about giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Well, good morning. My name's Derek Hartley. I'm the Minister of Spiritual Development here at First Baptist Church. And we're so glad that you've chosen to be with us here today. If you are a guest especially, we're glad that you're here. You could have been in a lot of different places, but you chose to come in here and be with us today. We're so thankful that you're here. If you are here and you're seeking, maybe you've never been to church before, and you would consider yourselves a a non-believer, thank you for being here. We're so glad that you're here. We want to introduce you to Jesus today. He's changed my life. And we're glad you're here. So, I hope when you came in today, you were warmly welcomed. And you received one of these worship guides. If you didn't get one of these guides, please notice our very handsome and well-trained ushers. If you want to raise your hand, they will hand you one of these right now. Thank you so much. Look, there's a a lot of cool stuff in our worship guide. That's stuff going on. People have joined the church. Ministry opportunities. We had a great ministry opportunity last night. You know, the Christmas parade for the town, for our city, comes right by our church. I don't know, we gave out around 300 cups of 
or so of hot chocolate and a bunch of candy canes and invited people back tonight to you. Hey, here's a great announcement to our Christmas music tonight. And you want to be here tonight at three o'clock and at six o'clock. Child care is provided at three. OK, so, but you'll find all kinds of information like that in our worship guide. So here's a little thing we'd like to do together. It's a little bit of therapy we do. It's tear something up therapy. You ever wanted to do that? You just take this card right here on the stand and you just pull that off. Let's all do that together. Oh, you hear that? You hear that? That's the sound of stress leaving our bodies. Right? So look, this is cool. This is a cool tool. On the front there, you just, whether you're a member, a regular tender, a first-time guest, if you just give us a little information about you, we'd appreciate that so much. And uh, that way, we can give you a little information if you need it. All right. On the front of that card, there's a place for you to check if you make a decision today in our service. We're praying that lives are going to be changed today at First Baptist Church. It will never, ever be the same because we were here with Jesus today. So let us know about those changes that may occur and those decisions that you make. On the back of the card, there's a, a long a place or a lot of lines where you can give us your prayer request, yours, others. Let us know about those prayer requests. We want to hear from you. We want to be in prayer for you. We want to come alongside you. Let us know. All right? All right, so at the end of the service, if you'll just leave those on the pews, we will pick those up later. We're so glad that you're here today. We are going to worship the creator of all things right now in this place. Is your heart ready? Fantastic. Before we do that, though, I want you to stand and I want you to greet one another in the name of the Lord.
guys be seated for just a moment. As you know, we have been standing before the Lord intentionally recently. We found in our study of the second chapter of Acts that that early church, part of it being so very successful was because they were intentional about some things. And as we've looked at that and studied that, it's been amazing to find the areas that they were intentional in their work. They were intentional in evangelism. They were intentional about discipleship. They were intentional about worship. They were intentional about fellowship. They were intentional about ministry and intentional about prayer. Last week, we really dug into what it meant to be intentional about prayer. And you know, it's one thing to learn about prayer. It's something else to be engaged in prayer. And so one of the reasons we all wanted to get together together uh, today, because together together is part of what's written in, in Acts 2. And sometimes we find ourselves going in so many different directions, we don't enjoy the fellowship of all of the company of First Baptist Church. So we scrunch together a little bit today. But also, if we're going to be intentional about praying, we have to be doing that together. That's something with it doesn't work as well when we're atomized all over the place doing that. So today, what our worship service is about is prayer. It's about intentional prayer. We've been asking ourselves every step of the way, how am I being intentional about my evangelism? What am I doing intentionally to share my story or to share the gospel with someone else? What am I doing intentionally about my discipleship? How am I growing in my love for the Lord Jesus Christ and in my time of prayer and fellowship and reaching to the world? We've been asking ourselves, how are we intentional about ministry? How are we intentionally engaging with others as we share and love in Jesus' name? How are we being intentional about our fellowship where we don't just get together to eat or have a good time, but we get together in Jesus' name and we get together with Him in our midst. And with Him in our midst, we share one another's burdens, and we love one another, we encourage one another, we do all of those one another's that's in our New Testament especially. How are we intentionally being engaged? So last week we looked about how we intentionally be engaged in prayer. What are we, what are we doing about that? So this morning, like I said, we're going to be praying. And we're going to have different people from our congregation Okay, from, from not only here in the sanctuary, but also up in worship in the hall, to come and be leading us in prayer. So one of them will come, and they'll pray on a particular subject, about, like about evangelism. And after that person has prayed, there's going to be a, some quiet time, about a minute or so of quiet time. And during that time, that's when you are to be engaged in prayer. You're, you're, to, you're to say, God, what are you telling me? All right? And then after about a minute or so, then the second person will lead in that area of prayer. And then, then we'll have a little break. We may sing a song or whatever. But this is about communicating with God together. The corporate body of Christ together in prayer before the Lord. So I want us to begin about worship. So I'm, I'm going to uh, ask right now as we move into this very first part, you know, if two very special people will come up here, Rachel, yeah, if you'll be coming on up here as well, and Kathy. Oh, John, okay. Hi, Kathy, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry about that. You've changed, I want you to know. 
Both of these are integrally involved in our worship ministry here at First Baptist Church. Rachel is, is a dynamic part of our praise team, John, with our choir. Both of them engaged in worship in so many ways. So we're going to ask them, because this is something there their heartbeat is, to begin to lead us in prayer, especially about that. So Rachel, will you come first and lead us? Please join me in prayer. Dear Abba, our Father in heaven, you are. For those two words alone, you are worthy of all our worship. Not for the things you've done for us, although your blessings are beyond measure. All that is good, all that is right, all that is merciful, all that is love, you are. With great intention, you chose to create us and include us in your grand design. When we failed miserably, as you knew we would, you sent your son to save our very souls. There aren't words enough to express the glory and majesty that is you. And yet, because of your perfection, we must keep trying. We need to be intentional in our worship to you, a God that is. Please help us to remember that worshiping you needs to be a constant act. Put it on our hearts to recognize that worship isn't just the songs that come out of our mouths on Sunday morning. Worship is the song that comes out of our hearts as we go to work, spend time with our families, help others, and even those quiet moments we spend alone because we are never truly alone. You saw it to that. Because of you, I and countless others are forever changed. We have been given the greatest gift, so we must worship you in all that we do. Let it be written on our hearts that we serve a God who is, as even the angels cry out, holy, 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 in Jesus' name. And now I ask that each of you take a moment and pray for yourselves and think about your intentional worship and how you can make that a part of every day and every moment in your lives. Father, your word tells us there's no better way to intentionally worship than to worship you in spirit and truth. God, may we know this. You tell us this throughout your word. Father, we are to be living sacrifices for you, holy and pleasing to you. As you tell us, this is our spiritual, our reasonable, our intentional act of worship. May we know this, Father. May we see you in all that we do. Father, as we, as we, as we set forth with this new paradigm that you've laid upon us, thank you so much for this vision you've given Brother Fred and Derek and the others. And God, when we struggle with this at times, 
may you lay it on our heart. As Lord Christ, you told us, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Oh God, may we know this. May we be this. I love that verse of scripture in Matthew. And I just pray that in a practical sense, we'll realize that you've called us to be fishers of men. Lord God, our church, we are not a pleasure boat. Father, we are a fishing boat. May we know this and live this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as we seek to be an intentional church, we want to be in a, a, a church that intentionally worships. We also want to be a church that is intentional in the way we do evangelism. Intentional in the way we do evangelism. I've asked Jacob and Morgan Williams to come. Uh, when we do evangelism, to be intentional about evangelism, the gospel should season the way we speak. It should season the way we care for others. It should season the way we serve. It's not good enough to make Blairsville or our school or our, our college or our workplace. Or what. It's not good enough to make it a nice place. It has to be a place that is saturated with the gospel. We don't want, it's not good enough just to serve and love and help and care and speak to make people's lives better. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. If our goal in our service is to just make people feel better, then we have done them a disservice. They have to know about Jesus. That's our goal. So I've asked Morgan and Jacob to come and pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your son, for the sacrifice that he made so that we could be with you. We're not worthy, but you have decided to use us to be instruments for your glory. I pray that we'd be filled with joy so that the change in our lives would be evident to others. I pray that we be filled with boldness to share the gospel with everyone we meet. I pray that we would take the uh, I pray that I pray that we would take the good uh, news beyond the physical walls of this church and the barriers that we impose on ourselves. I pray that, as Paul said, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. I pray pray that through the sacrifice of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that you have commanded us so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with you. 
I pray that we will be intentional to share the good news of Jesus through our conversations and by the way we treat others. I pray that we will continue to live our lives each day to reflect you. I pray that you will prepare the hearts and the minds of those that we will share your love with, that they may be open to have a relationship with you. I pray that we will, as a church, encourage and equip each other to share the love of Christ. And I pray that we will go out today with a willing heart to serve and to love those who are lost. Thank you, God, for all you have given us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And make converts. He told us to go and make disciples. Discipleship has been a heartbeat for so much of our church membership for a long time. Definitely a part of my own life. Discipleship means that you grow in your faith. You're not saved just to stay where you are. You're to grow. You're to grow in your intimacy and your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. To grow in your love for the Word that grounds you and anchors you and gives you such a deeper relationship with Him. That you grow in prayer. That intimacy grows as you communicate with Him. And that you grow in your fellowship with one another in your outreach to the world and service. Discipleship is the heartbeat of our church, really. Once somebody comes to faith in Christ, what happens next? That's what's integral. Bob and Debbie, if you come and join us. Bob and Debbie have been engaged in discipleship for many, many years, both here in our church and other churches and abroad. God has used them tremendously in these ways. So as we think about intentional discipleship, about how God is calling us individually as well as corporately to be intentional about our spiritual growth, let's pray to God show us, open our hearts to what he wants us to receive about him. Would you join me in prayer, please? Lord, we believers love you. We're humbled that out of our need for you, your mercy and grace have been given to all who believe and accept you as Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and others who believe in you. Thank you for your word. We believe your word is truth. We recognize your power and authority in this precious word. As we've already heard these precious words in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Forgive me, Lord, for not making disciples as I should. Your command says we must teach believers the word of God. We pray we will intentionally teach followers of you the truth of your word, the commands you give, the disciplines found in your word, all of your word, that we might bring forth fruit for you, Jesus. And we thank you for your sweet promise. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We can't make disciples in our own strength, Lord. We thank you that you're always with us in this task. Increase my faith and love for you, Jesus, and help me to do my part in making disciples for you. 
And please let us continue together for a few moments of quiet prayer for intentional discipleship. Lord, if you had not revealed yourself to us, we would not know you. We're dependent upon you. We depend upon you for your, for your grace and your mercy and your love. We depend upon you, Lord, to be able to show us who you are and to guide us into your truth. And Lord, as we have this time when we are asking for you to make intentional our desire to disciple others, help us to understand, Lord, that for each believer in this room, in this church, we know more than someone else in this church. And it's our responsibility to pass on to them what we know. That there are others who know more than we know. And it's our, our responsibility to be willing to be able to be discipled by them. Lord, that we might become all that Christ has called us to be and that we might become that intentionally. That our level of commitment personally to your plan in our life might be able to start with us and echo through this, this church. We're reminded, Lord, that just as salvation starts with our heart, it's a work of the innermost being. So does discipleship. Discipleship will start with a willing heart, with a teachable heart. Lord, teach us that we don't know as much as we need to know, and that we need to be transformed by what we know, to live a life that makes a great difference in our community and our world. That, Lord, discipleship is not just head knowledge, but it's putting it to work with shoe leather, to place ourselves as your, your representative to be able to impact our community. So we pray, Lord, for intentional discipleship on our part and commit ourselves to that as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.
of life. with one voice all the earth will shout your praise You know, there's this uh, part of being intentional in our relationship with Christ that, that all of the, the rest of this flows from. I mean, you've got to be intentional with Him. You've got to 
the Bible in, in, in John, the book of John says, abide with Christ because he's the vine. We're the branches. We abide in him and he abides in us. So we'll bear much fruit for apart from him, we can do nothing. So none of this that we're talking about is possible without that abiding in Christ. It must Begin there. It starts down in your toes, down deep in who you are. And it just comes out of you. It comes out in your conversation. It comes out in what you do, what you say, what you think, how, how you comb your hair, how you brush your teeth, how you tie your shoes. It's all about Jesus. It is. And that's the kind of church we're praying to be. To just be intentional. To be all about Him in all that we do. And how we worship and how we share our store, gospel stories, how we, how we disciple and how we do ministry. You know, when we talked about ministry in the sermon series, we talked about ministry in two sort of two sort of thoughts. First, in ministry, in order to be intentional about the way we do ministry, we have to give up. All that we are, all that we have. No, no longer, no longer do we want to be a church that says, okay, God, you get 10%. We want to be a church that says, God, you get 100%. It's, you get it because it's yours to start with. You've just made it clear to me what to do with 10%. Now the other 90%, I've got to be chasing you. I've got to be intentional. I've got to be abiding with you. God, what do you want me to do with this 90% that's left over? What, what do you want my mortgage to be? What do you want my car payment to be? What do you want my tuition payment to be? What do you want it to be, God? Because I don't want to pay anything that you had not told me to do. That's being intentional. We give it all up. We, we give it all up to Him. Here are my kids. Here's my talent. Here's my gifting. It's all yours, Lord. And then after that, He directs us how to give out. That's ministry. No more. God, do you get 10%? You get leftovers. You get our leftovers. Really? Is that what we're... Here, God. Here's your treat. Is that what we're going to do? No. We fall on our faces before God. What do you want? Because nothing else matters. It's all yours. I don't have anything. I've died to Christ. I no longer live. It's all yours. I've asked these uh, folks that come Cora and Annalise that come and pray along with Jason about being intentional in our ministry let's pray <laughs> it's okay you're fine dear God let us, show, let us show others who you are by giving us the opportunity to minister to those around us let us not put ourselves before others, but strive to become better and show the world all of the wonders you have blessed us with. Let our youth feel inspired to serve and to take their spiritual gifts and use them. Let all ages realize that their true worth is in you, Lord, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. 
Guide us to be obedient and let us follow your will with no hesitation. Let us be your army of all nations with the goal to show kindness through the active ministry. Let us not be leaded to worldly temptations, but let us, but make us strong with determination to shine your light. Show us that we can do anything through you. We are yours, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lord, I pray has a Lord, I pray our church has an intentional mindset in all our ministries. Lord, I pray that we do missions according to how you call us to do so. Lord, we seek your kingdom overall. Lord, I pray to serve others to glorify your name. Lord, I pray that we do all this from love. We ask for your guidance in which ministries we choose to focus on. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together in silence about ministries. This time I'd also ask that our ushers come forth to collect our offering this morning. God, as we as we stop to look, God, at, at this idea of ministry, God, that it was totally set forth by you when you said to go. To go throughout the whole earth, God, not just Blairsville, you know, not just Blue Ridge and this mountain area, God, that you said to go everywhere. And I want you to teach everybody about me. God, I, I, I'm just in awe to think that here in Blairsville, you said, Blairsville First Baptist, I want you to have a ministry for kids, for babies, for youth, young adults, through music, through worship, through our senior adults. God, that you said, those are my people, but I'm going to give you something. I want you to take charge of them for a little while. And I want you to teach them to go out. And then those that go out, that bring others in, God, that we would teach them to go out and continue to go out. And just as this young man is, is working in Northeast Asia somewhere, God, I don't have a clue where he is, God, but it's amazing to see that he can make disciples in a tent. But God, we have this building that's intentionally built to worship you in, God. But if we're just worshiping in these walls, God, then we've totally confined you to a God that can't reach out further than what we believe, God. I pray, Father, that we would change our mindset that inside of this ministry, God, that we would go out, God, that we would make disciples, God, that we would be intentional about the way that we serve, God. If you called us to work in the youth ministry, the kids ministry, or music, or media, or taking up the offering, whatever it is in that ministry, God, that we would say yes, I will intentionally serve you, God. That I will make my mind up that this week I'm going to prepare, that this week I'm going to pour my heart out, God. Thank you for using this church, God, to even affect and change my life, God. To minister to me. That, God, you, you've just given us this opportunity, God. It's not really our ministry, it's yours. But you've entrusted us to take care of it. God, may we see it as our opportunity to share with others, God. Whether there's a parade coming down the street or we just have to walk to our neighbor's house to say, I love you and I'll do anything for you. As I seek to minister to you and make these many disciples that we can win others for Christ because that's what you desire is us to come to you. God, I love you and I thank you so much for choosing me and calling me to accept you as your Lord and Savior, as my Lord and Savior, God. Thank you for calling me, and may we all see the same 
that you have called us. All of us have been called. This in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
when we come together and we care for one another we love one another when we pray for one another when we encourage one another when we admonish one another even when we just give a big hug to one another we enter into something that is unique for Christians alone it's called fellowship Fellowship is something we can't have with the world. They don't understand it. You've got to have Christ in your heart to enjoy fellowship. And so it's not enough just to be together. We need to be together, together. Not only in one place, but in one mind and one heart. And we're seeking to give more and more opportunities that we can focus on praying for one another, loving one another, championing one another's causes, walking with one another through difficult times. Roy and Melissa have been champions about fellowship, and they're going to come and lead us in a moment of fellowship as we enter this last segment that we're going to be praying for. So let's put our hearts together. How can we be intentional about our fellowship with one another? Let me encourage you to look at the person on your right and your left really quick. This is the family. This is the fellowship that God has given to us here at First Baptist. Let's pray about that together. Father, I very much appreciate the gift of fellowship. When I consider the impact this gift has had on my life, it leads me. to reminisce about dear conversations with my friend, Brian Spratlin, who listened intently and compassionately about dealings with friends and children and family. I think about time spent with Brandon Burkhead discussing long-term and short-term goals for business. I remember time with Jimmy Nichols in his office reciting scripture and praying together. I think about Wednesday lunch meetings with Jacob Williams asking the tough questions and seeking after God together in prayer. I recall time spent listening to the masterful delivery of stories from Jonathan Barrett about his days on the road as a trooper and his assignment of guarding the governor. I think about Luke Caldwell, who discussed his love for his family and opened up about his desire to witness to those that he cares for that don't have a relationship with Christ. I can't help but smile, remembering how I laughed so hard I would cry after spending time with Tim Deaver, who just exudes a contagious, unexplainable joy. I think about discussions with men I revere with the utmost respect, men like Frank, Mike, Cal, Richard, Marcus, Ben, Jim, and so many others as we tore apart and remodeled the office area together. I think about the hours spent with the praise team, Rachel, Laura, Kara, Kaylee, Hannah, Ashley, Denise, 
Michael, Nick, Justin, Jacob, Ben, and Bill, and Matthew. It wasn't always easy, but we strove to sharpen each other and challenge each other to glorify God through worship. I think about Gary and Stacy Harkins who had us over to carve pumpkins and Gary riding on a motorcycle with my kids. That is an unforgettable kindness. I think about Rick and Lisa Urban who've adopted my children as if they were their own grandkids. I think about Todd and Matt, Michelle, April, Rachel, and Pat, and the countless hours we spent together memorizing lines for the Passion Play. I think about Daniel Skinner, who tried his best to teach me some semblance of carpentry skills while sharing families' stories. I think about riding in a dump truck and laughing hysterically as Michael Raper navigated that vehicle with barely any brakes. Praise the Lord, we survived. Thank you, God. I think of office conversations with Mary Grissett and Marjorie Wood who display a great passion for their Sunday school class, The Way, and the kindness they showed a young whippersnapper like myself. I think about our friendship with Mark and Jennifer Rowe and our trip to Wilderness at the Smokies where our kids got to make memories together. I think about Paul Brown screaming through the parking lot on a forklift while setting passion play stages in place and the giant smile followed by a crushing hug whenever he greets me. I think about Eric Van Pelt, who gives of his time to mentor me and push me to grow in my faith and knowledge of Jesus. I think about Wayne Blackmere and our chats about Judy and the laughter we share over really nothing in particular. I think about conversations with Joe Collins regarding character development from his award-winning book series. I think about time spent with Valeria doing yard work as she talked about how much she loves her family. I think about getting poured on at a Gwinnett Braves game with Matthew and we couldn't do anything but laugh. I think about Derek who taught me it's okay to be passionate and emotional when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you. And I think about my pastor and friend, Brother Fred, who's cried with me and pushed me and worked me and helped to mold me, all while displaying a lot of patience. I could go on and on with this list of people who have impacted my life forever because of their willingness to fellowship together. The crazy thing is, the only bond I have with any of these wonderful people is due to the unexplainable power of Jesus and the remarkable gift that when angels look down, they're perplexed by it. That gift being the fellowship of our believers here at First Baptist Church. Lord, keep us ever for keep us forever intentional about our fellowship together. I encourage you as you pray silently to think about those in this fellowship that have impacted your life. Let's pray about being a church that's intentional in our fellowship. Thank you for being our church family. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your magnitude. Thank you for your abounding grace showered over your body of believers every day. Thank you for adopting us into sonship that we are far from deserving. Thank you that in our new family, through adoption, 
We are now brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for granting us a body of believers, a family that we can share our joys and successes in, as well as our deepest hurts and despair. Thank you that this is the very first time in my life that I have been able to let down my guard and genuinely share in fellowship of believers anywhere. Thank you for our new vision at First Baptist Church. I am looking forward to sharing time and wisdom with all age groups within the church. It has been an incredible blessing to be surrounded by a church who challenges me to grow spiritually. Since we shouldn't live by the flesh, I am thankful for a church that teaches truth no matter the way we shouldn't, no matter the way it might hurt my fleshly feelings. Lord, help us to remember the word you have given us regarding fellowship. For scripture really does help us to know how to interact with one another. It says, give us the strength to always speak truth and to be intentional with our fellowship. Help us to fellowship with all humility and gentleness and with patience. Help us to fellowship showing tolerance for one another in love. Help us to fellowship by being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Help us to remain steadfast in being an intentional church. As if Jesus' sacrifice in and of itself were not enough, you have still granted each of us our own gifts and talents among a multitude of other blessings. Lord God, help each of us use whatever gifts we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If we speak, we should do so as if one who speaks the very words of God. If we serve, we should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Help us to love one another as you have loved us. Help us to be hospitable to one another without complaint. Help us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may be healed. The effective prayer of the righteous can accomplish much. Thank you that we can be made righteous through Christ. And it is because of this righteousness that we can do and pray fervently for our church and the fellowship of believers. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been to church. Ooh. I don't know that we've had a better word spoken to us than what comes from our, our very own members, uh, from our youth, from up to seniors. God's calling us to be doing church on purpose, to be intentional about why we're here. And we wouldn't be intentional if we didn't say what's behind all of this and, and this is where we're going to wrap up right here. My life has been eternally changed because I came into relationship with Jesus Christ. He has saved my soul and forgiven me of more sins than I could ever enumerate. He's taken an angry, selfish, and very violent young man, turned him into somebody who can take the Word of God and share it with others. And I cannot be thankful enough for what he's done. Have you come to the place in your life that you've asked Jesus Christ to come into the mess that you've made in your own life and let him straighten life out for you. Have you come to that point that you've said, oh Lord, 
I want you to come and be the boss, the king and ruler of my life. I want to follow you. I want to do what you want. If you've never come to that place, look, there are people all around you right now who've been there and know where you are right now. And they're going to start praying for you right now in just a moment that you'd have the courage to step from where you are and to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. First in prayer where you sit and then publicly to one of our ministers right here at the front. When we have this time of an invitation, it's also been an invitation to you. Maybe God has spoke to you in the course of our time together. An area that you need to be intentionally growing in. I want you to know this altar is open to come and to just pray and say, God, you've really spoke to my heart that I need to be more intentional about in this area. And you and he have fellowship about that right now. Maybe you'd like to join our church family. Our ministers are going to be right here. We'd be glad to receive you as part of our church family. This is the time to do business with him. And so as our worship team leads us in this song, as our ministers are going to be close to the front, I'm going to be right here on my knees praying for you. May this be a time that you say yes to what God's put on your heart. Father, this has been your time. We've sought this all this morning long to lift you up in praise and love and adoration. And now as we move into this time of invitation, if there's anyone here seeking to come to know you as Savior and Lord, will you give energy to their feet? Will you tug on their heart and encourage them to come and talk to one of our ministers about what it means to be a believer in Christ? Those who are, have been praying, Lord, show me where you want me to be a part. Show me the church you want me to be engaged in. Father, if today you've settled it in their heart that this is going to be home, will you encourage them to come at this time? And fathers, others that just want to come and pray, say, Lord, I just need to fellowship with you about this matter. Will you give us that freedom? We ask together in Christ's name. Amen. You stand. together. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Christ alone.
God's church said, amen. amen. Let me close this now. Thank you so much for being with us today, for being in this place. I pray that we would not go away here unchanged, unmoved. We ought to be moved to do something. And that something is give ourselves to Him. So now as we go, Father, I pray the prayers 
that we have heard, the songs, the words we've sung, the scripture that's been read, the sweet fellowship that we've experienced, the carious. Holy Spirit, move in us. And God, use our lives to bring you glory because there's nothing better. In Jesus' name, amen.